So why though? Why do you hate Oasis so much? I really want. (sighs) They're whiny. Uh, They're a bad Beatles cover band. Uh, Oh come on, that's not fair. And and all all, all I can hear is them singing about a broke down Chevy Nova. It's Champagne Supernova, you dick. And maybe you (laughs) should listen to the song. (laughs) That's not gonna happen. Amanda, your hostess. Yes, hostess. This is the podcast where we drink stuff. I drink wine. People drink whatever they drink, and we count down our top five favorites of all the things. And tonight, I have a very special guest that I'm very excited about, my friend Chris Cole. And we go all the way back to Putnam City West High School. What's up, bruh? Uh, nothing. I, I, I'm not sure if I can top that intro, but, uh, I'm good. You're, yes, you're drinking wine. I'm drinking things. Uh, oh, I'm excited. So I was on my earlier recording, I was drinking a cocktail, but, um, just cause I wanted to change it up, but now I've switched to wine. So I'm off work tomorrow. So cheers. Up, yeah. yeah. I'm drinking a, uh, limited release chocolate ale from Boulevard Brewery in Kansas city. Well, that sounds good. Um, did, did you have to order it or did you buy it in Oklahoma? No, I, I hit the local liquor store and uh, there it sat. And I'm like, well, I'll try it. Um, I, I like drinking either beer that I haven't heard of before or names that make me laugh. Exactly. So we uh, we saw a friend a couple of weeks ago and he had one called, um, it was called Hook Echo IPA. And I was like, nice. okay, that's totally an Oklahoma beer. I have got to try it. And as IPAs go, it wasn't. It wasn't too hoppy, but I was like, it's, it's called hook echo. Like, I have to have it. <laughs> right. It's, it's legally required. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, I'm not a big IPA person either, but the one that I found that I really liked also aligned with the name thing called Clown Shoes Intergalactic IPA. Oh, geez. Uh, and it was, it was amazing. Um, and, and I picked up a, a four-pack of beer before New Year's simply because it was called Dwight D. Weisensauer. Oh my God, that's amazing. Right, right. Um, I think the next one I'm going to pick up is from a local brewery, and the name of the beer is Frickin' Hazer Beams. Oh my God. And I pick wines that way too. Like if they have cool names, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to try that out. And same with beers. We have a, there's a lot of uh, good ones in Texas now that, or maybe they're all over the place. I don't know, but. Uh, I'm willing to try the interesting stuff just for the names, but chocolate beer, I don't know. How is it? Uh, it's not bad. It's not the best chocolate I've had, uh, but it's it's pretty good. It's smooth. It, a lot of chocolate beers are are stouts or imperial stouts, and they add the chocolate to take that, that punch from the face that you take from drinking mm-hmm. one. Um, this is more like a Bach uh, with, with chocolate flavoring, uh, more like chocolate period added. Um, it, it's kind of weird because it's you'd like it as a wine snob because you get the the flavor and then you get a different finish <laughs> as, as you let it sit there. Okay. Well, I've had a a, a coffee beer before that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh that's interesting. I might have to check it out. I think some I I'm a light beer person, so 
I don't really, you know, the summer ales tend to be my favorite because they're mm-hmm. usually lighter. So, yeah. and when it's um, hot as balls outside, lighter beer is much, yes. much better. Like if it's a heavy beer, I can like, like say a, a pumpkin ale, I can mm-hmm. do one and that's it. And I'll do it because, you know, the season and whatever, but you can't toss back 12 pumpkin ales. Like it's just not happening. <laughs> you know, I once did 12 Boulevard wheats in a night and we won't discuss how the rest mm. of that, how the rest of that went. It was not, I thought I was going to get kicked out by my roommate. Uh, <laughs> nice. Because of, of what I did to the, uh, to the plumbing system. Um, oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not good. Not no. good. Um, yeah. That, that could happen. Yeah. Um, I'm partial to Sam Adams because, um, we've been to the brewery in Boston and it's, you know, just a lot of fun. And we, we got, so if you do the brewery tour, you go through the whole place and then you get to do a tasting and they take you in groups. And we sat at a table. It was me and my husband and like four other people. And two of those people were not old enough to drink, but they still brought all the samples. So we all shared them and yeah, super drunk. It was awesome. That sounds amazing. It was um, so awesome. So we have a very long history. We haven't uh, we haven't talked in a long time, and then we kind of reconnected on Facebook. But we go all the way back to PC West. We're a year oh, apart. Yeah. I even have a lovely picture of us dancing together at a Christmas dance. I should I, I should post that, that on the page. No, 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 do not do not go posting that. You already posted it once on Facebook. You look so handsome. First of all, I don't even look like that anymore, thank God. Well, I don't look like that anymore either. <laughs> uh, it, well, people will recognize you. I had to wear it. I mean, everybody should, right? But at our, our 20th reunion, it's a good thing our, my badge had my picture on it. Like, I went up to Wendy and said hi. She thought I was creeping on her. She looked over and looked at my oh. badge and then Gave me a huge hug. Okay, fine. I won't. But I'm just saying, we we go back to debate in high school. And should we see? should we tell the trash can story, or should we skip that for now? If you want to. Limitations passed. Has what? Oh is yes. The statute of limitations passed. I don't care anymore. Is the statute of limitations on anything? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so, 42. So I don't fucking care. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm. I'm right there in front. I turned 44 in a few weeks. Um, whoop, whoop. So there we were in class, and and Amanda, who who back in the day, day I had nicknamed Killer, mm-hmm. um, because she had that look of death if you pissed her off. Let anyway, that be a lesson to all of you. Uh, she was talking. Uh, how do I put this genteely? She was talking some mad shit, and I was not in the mood. <laughs> now, mind you, at this point, I'm five foot eight and 130 pounds and amanda's five foot nothing and 36 pounds soaking wet <laughs> whatever <laughs> okay you were five foot nothing okay anyway so i, I finally looked at like look if you don't if you don't stop i'm gonna pick you up i'm gonna put you in a trash can you were asking for it and she kept talking she just kept chirping <laughs> kept chirping so i finally had, had enough and i picked her up and i put her in the trash can but first so the point she couldn't get out of it like somebody had to kick the trash can over so she could get out like I folded her in half and planted mm. her in, in the refuse container, and of course the entire class is watching. And she looks at our our, our debate coach. She goes, "Mrs. Brady, did you see that?" And she's like, "He warned you. That's your fault." <laughs> oh, Mrs. Brady. Uh, yeah, yeah, she was great. Uh, we locked horns a lot, but uh, in retrospect, she was right, and I was an asshole. I feel like you locked horns with a lot of people because, yes, you were in fact sometimes an asshole, but. Also, Only so was I. Was why. Yeah, yeah. probably got along. Exactly. 
Yeah, I've I've talked about my debate skills with some of my other podcasting friends. Um, actually, my friend Casey and I are about to engage in a debate on the podcast, and I was like, "You don't really have a chance," but let's do Should it. Should I anyway. come in and score it? Do you, do you want me to just like deliver a score at the end, or just wait until it's <laughs> put up and then I can give my comments afterwards? Well, basically, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have somebody moderate it, and then we're gonna put it to votes on both of our podcast pages um nice so what we will be debating uh which i've talked about i think a week or two ago um we are debating who is the better friend barney stinson or joey tribbiani and of course because i'm the debater of the group i took the harder choice which was barney so we'll see how that goes down i think what you're doing there is friends versus how i met your mother well right kind of but we're specifically talking about the friendship like well i i I didn't watch either of them i'm just making sure i knew who the characters were yes friends versus how i met your mother yes barney is um a tough guy to love so i got the the short end of the stick on that one but i'm still gonna win probably that's what i do yeah so we will refer to me as killer for the <clears throat> the length of the podcast since I earned that nickname rightfully. Whatever you say there, Amanda. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we are discussing our favorite rock albums from the nineties. And I think um I think we have different definitions of what that means. So this should be interesting. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold back the insults. So you actually start giving your list and then I'll, okay. I'll little it. Yeah. I was going to make a comment about rock music, but then I'm like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to hold on to that. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, rock is a, especially in the it's 90s, a horribly broad term. Right? Yes. I mean, are we yes. talking metal? Are we talking, or what type of metal are we talking? Are we talking thrash, thrash, are we talking speed, are we talking death. And, and by rock, exactly. do we mean, oh, help Richard Marks, or are we <laughs> talking about, cannibal corpse you know that's Um, soft rock like we're not you know what i mean though right it's just it's such a horribly broad list and for me this was the five most important albums to me from that period right and same for me i mean they're not i'm not gonna say oh these are the most critically acclaimed because that's not you know that would be a different list just like you know last week my friend and i did our favorite reese witherspoon characters and or nice. roles and i'm like okay well top five of her most amazing performances versus top five of my favorites are two different lists so absolutely right right you know and they're all amazing but they're they're different different topics so um i'm only letting you make fun of me on one of these and i know that you already know what it is anything else you can just shut your trap Oh, 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 okay. So I'm limited to one. <laughs> okay, no, you're not. So can I can I hold it till the end then and just decide which one I'm going to make fun of? Because I can take notes. <laughs> you can make fun of whatever you want. You know I can take it. Yeah, fair, fair. So All bef- right, hit, hit before we five. start, oh, well, sorry. no, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. But oh, okay. the most important thing to address before we start is, do you think we will have any in common? And if so, how many? I'm going to say we're going to have one in common okay um and, and i think it's either going to be my number let me pull up the list either going to be my number five or possibly my number two okay 
So I think one as well, and it would be my number five. And I will tell you that I'm on a roll today. Um, earlier, Jennifer and I, we did two lists at the same time. So we did a oh. Mother's Day episode. We did TV moms and movie moms. Nice. So we did five of each. And our number four of TV and movie were the exact same. Wow. And, okay. and our number three of TV was the same. So I'm on a roll. If we don't have this one that I'm thinking of in common, we won't have any. I can guarantee you that. Oh, wow. So. Okay. All right. Start it off for us. Number five, rock and roll. Let's do it. All right. And number five, I have the first mainstream album by Bush, 16 Stone. Mm. Uh, great album. Uh, that Fucking amazing me. album. Absolutely. Right. And there were so many great tracks. And so many albums from that from that span of the 90s had like one or two bangers and the rest was absolute shit right there were very few albums that were awesome end to end let's be honest right uh but that one except for that stupid alien song right <laughs> yeah that one's kind of weird was fucking amazing end to end and, and bush hit and they sounded like nobody else yeah right it, it was it was like the, the second coming of the, of the british wave and and the lyrics were just different than everybody else's they weren't they weren't hard-hitting they weren't political but they were serious right yeah yeah and and it's one of those albums that you get it on one level as a as a teenager right i think it was 19 when that came out give or take maybe a little younger uh and then you get it more as an adult right because you finally go through some of the same experiences that gavin and the rest of the boys went through and some of those lyrics now hit like a fucking hammer (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so um, this is on my list and uh, not the one I thought we would have in common, but I'm glad we do. So we can just both talk about it and I'll skip it on my oh, turn. We might have, but, we have two in common then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Because I, I was thinking a different one, but this honestly is just one of my all-time favorite albums. I mean, it was so freaking good that they released singles for two years after it came out. Like, that's right. how good it was. And you're right. Like, nobody had that many singles. And then... Uh, the, the baseline from Come Down is still iconic. Oh, God. I'm not going to lie in my top 10 favorite songs of all time. I, that's legit, right? Yeah, it, it's so good. So many great songs on that album. And, and The Week When Alien is still still doable, right? And then they, they, they do all this, this heavy baseline heavy guitar all uh, uh distorted hits you the entire album and then right near the end or at the end really i don't count ex-girlfriend yeah. as a track because it's kind of throwaway they hit you with glycerin, glycerin and like, is this yes. the same band? And, and that's and like david bears his fucking soul in that song right like you feel it like it, it kind of just like gives you a, a, a twinge in your heart like you're like oh my god and if you watch any videos like that's their the song that the whole audience will sing back to them like it's just so freaking good and that's one of those albums that you just you just put on you don't crank it all the way up right you put it at a medium to, to medium high volume and you just sit back and you enjoy the ride yes and they uh you know yeah i you're right i don't have any i <laughs> I have no words for how much this album means to me and how good it is. Like it's just, yeah. So, so ninety four is when that came out. It was a little, a little older than I thought. So I mean, that's yeah. you know, 
prime a high school for the for the both of us, right? Going through all sorts of stupid teenage shit. And right. We're not going to discuss all of that, but uh, pardon me, I'll grab a second beer. <laughs> no, you're we're good. We're not going to discuss all it. of that, but uh, and again, the the lyrics hit hard then, and but now that we understand them more, right? And we've been through different experiences in life. Different lyrics hit us now that didn't used to hit us, and the same lyrics that hit us in one way hit us a whole different way, and that's yeah. just great songwriting. Yeah, come down is just, I mean, musically, oh, even man. without the words, like it's just the, yeah, the the music of that and the the tempo and like the you know the bass and the like just everything. It's just so compelling to me. Like it's just mm-hmm. such a good song, and Gavin Rossdale's a genius and i'm still sad him and gwen stefani aren't still together <laughs> right right now she's with that country guy and it's just weird i mean i still like them together too i saw them perform together and it was actually really sweet but still i think that i think that bush did a good job because they're around the same time that you know nirvana has come to an end you know you still got like Soundgarden and pearl jam but the grunge is kind of like evolving and I think right. it was that it was that bridge for people who who and we'll probably touch on this in a, in a little bit. Uh, it was, but it was that bridge for people who didn't like grunge to come mm-hmm. back to rock. Right? It was something new for them finally instead of instead of staying in their 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 dungeon of stuff they've had for years. Right. It was. I think it was a good way to evolve grunge and like mix it back into the heavy. Because I feel like in the 90s, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into, you either had grunge or you had pretty heavy metal rock. Other than that, it was pop. Like, by then, pop was kind of a thing. So, I think it was, Bush did a good job of kind of, like, bringing a middle ground between the grunge people, like the Nirvana people, and, like, the Metallica, Pantera people, or whatever. Just kind of like a a happy middle ground there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Agreed. Nice. I'm I'm happy you had that. I didn't think you would. Oh, I love that album. Um, well, that's my number three. So, just putting that out there. We'll skip that when we when we get there. But my number five. So this is the one that other one I think we might have in common. But now I'm a little scared. <laughs> but it is the 1991 album by Guns and Roses. Use your illusion one and two. I put them together. I thought about it. I thought yeah. about it. It's just. That one didn't mean as much to me because I wasn't into metal at the time. Right. I, I came into that really, really later. Uh, it's a great album, right? Uh, and it's I, early. I don't you talk, but but uh, use your illusion one or two. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slam right because there's an, a, a lot of really good tracks on there. Uh, you could be mine, November Rain. Um, don't cry. Oh God, don't cry. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's a oh lot my of God. Great stuff on, on on those two albums. So. I'm not going to fault you for putting that on your list. It's just that one didn't have as much as much meaning to me, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't even think about it. But no, that's a great that's a great double set. Yeah, and I think that you know, like the second album's a little more. You get a lot more like kind of political and like socially relevant songs. More of Axel on drugs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think <laughs> it was a I think it was a big step away from Appetite for Destruction where it was just like the whole 80s just like, bleh, you know, I mean, not that they weren't good songs. I mean, Welcome to the Jungle is like an amazing song and Well, I mean, so so use your uh Appetite for Destruction is the metal version of a rap boats and hose record. 
<laughs> exactly. Thank you. Right. It's it's not quite fluff, right? But it's like, check us out. We're awesome. That's what that album is. Whereas, yeah, I mean, it's just ha- wanted hair bands. Actually had, had even, even a lot of hair metal had more had more deep lyrics than, than Appetite for Destruction. Right. Um, I mean, Paradise City, I think they wrote that in like 45 seconds. Yeah. I mean. If it took and- them that long. And I'm not going to lie, I love that song mostly just because, you know, of the the music and I it's fun to like dance and sing to, but I mean, Welcome to the Jungle is kind of creepy to me, honestly, and but it's still it, it just fits in with all the 80s like super rock hair band this that whatever and I feel like by the time we get to Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, they're at least being a little more they have a little more depth. I mean, November right, they're like rain. Slash have some more freedom. Uh, the the songwriting, but overall with 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 Duff and Axel and and Izzy and everybody just got better. Yeah, both the music and the lyrics. Definitely a better album for, than Appetite for Destruction. Uh, yeah, and you got the covers. You got Knocking on Heaven's Door and Live and Let Die. So those are covers. You don't want to give it too much credit, but they were still really good. Um, and they also banked on the the. Uh, music video phenomenon at the time i mean november rain is like one of the highest ranked yeah i mean amazing song amazing video you know so they i think they did a good job of i think they're right on the end of where grunge was starting to come in so they i think probably were at a disadvantage but I, i would say that's probably the most rock rock album well no i have one other one but I don't know. I love it. Don't cry and November rain and uh, coma. I I love all those songs and you know the remakes too or the yeah, covers. Uh, but the, the cover of Live and Let Die is is amazing. It is, and uh, it's very similar to the original, but it's still really good. Sure, it, it reminds me a lot of the uh, rock cover of uh, Easy Street, right, where they replace one instrument with the with a guitar solo, mm-hmm. and it works beautifully. Uh, however, I have seen people almost come to blows, literally come to blows over uh, disagreements on knocking on heaven's door. And to mm-hmm. me, in that song, uh, Axel sounds like a drunken Catherine Hepburn for most of it. <laughs> so now that you've heard that, you'll never hear that song <laughs> again. In the same way again. Truth be told, I don't really think Axel Rose is that great of a singer. I mean, no. he, he's fine, but he's not. For me, November Rain obviously wasn't as, you know, hard, hard rock, but even that to me was more about the lyrics and the music. The only thing that bothers me about this album is so much use of the synthesizer. Like, even yeah. the what you think is the orchestra in November Rain is not even an orchestra. And it's like, you know, it, come on, guys. How, how much does it cost to hire the orchestra for exactly? Hour? Especially when you're gonna spend all that money on the video and, like, you know, hi, hire some strings to do that part because it, but either way, it's beautiful. So I guess I can't knock it, but you know, yeah, that, that's it's not real <laughs> for sure. All right. So, what is your number four? My number four, you know, I should probably not have this on my phone, I should have it up on my computer. Uh, Pantera <laughs> Cowboys from Hell. I knew it. What? Oh, I knew you were going to have a Pantera album. So, um, so first I'm not of all, saying Cemetery, it's bad. I'm just saying Cemetery I knew Gates it. Gates is a, a a top twenty rock song of all time, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, when you realize that that most bands of this era are are four dudes and it's a lead singer playing lead guitar that you have or a rhythm guitar that you have a lead guitarist a bassist and a drummer well uh, pantera didn't have a rhythm guitarist all the rhythm is done by the bassist right so you've got this really unique sound uh you've got phil anselmo who by some measurements is a lousy human being um mm-hmm. and then you've got dimebag daryl who who just one of the guitar gods just going off on this album right and I, I don't know what it is, right? Because the, the writing is great on the on the music, right? Because you've got Dimebag Daryl doing his stuff that everybody else is trying to keep up. Right. Um, and, and then you've got Phil, who's got an amazing range, but you can't tell if he's going to growl or do hair metal at any moment. <laughs> but uh, Cowboys from Hell is a classic to me. Primal Concrete Sledge, I can't tell you how many times I heard that writing around uh, yeah. after school or, or to, to academic team events or, or whatever. Same thing with that entire album, Nerd. really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Same with that entire album, right? It's just, it's what metal could be, right? Yeah. Uh, Cemetery Gates, the, the lyrics are, are really deep. Cowboys from Hell, there, there's nothing to that, right? Yeah. They, they took a lot of quotes from, from horror movies and such because they thought it was cool. But just hearing that, that last bastion of metal and, and these guys somehow doing thrash and hair metal pretty much at the same time because Pantera they don't want to admit this right well Phil's the only guy left they don't want to admit this they don't want to admit this they started as a hair metal band if you find their first album from the (laughs) 80s they sound like Def Leppard right they sound like Poison for God's sake because Phil has that kind of range um so to hear him growl and 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 scream or whatever and then go into those ungodly how do you still have a ball sack high notes <laughs> right um especially in tracks like heresy and cemetery gates it was just that 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 bridge that that happy medium that i'm still listening to heavy metal but this guy takes me back to my roots like i i, I came up with the 80s with the hair metal so yeah that's crazy no it's not a great album I love the shit out of it. It's amazing. <laughs> so my thing with, I think this is just a matter of taste, is that heavy metal is not really my thing. Like, sure. So like, you know, listening to the cat when we were in high school, like you would get some of the grunge and, you know, I think, honestly, I think like Metallica was about as far heavy metal as I could go before I was like, yeah, I don't really like this anymore. Um, only because I don't and and not to like generalize it all but I don't want to listen to people scream like you know Marilyn Manson like some of his songs are good but some of them I'm like if I can't even understand what you're saying I don't want to hear it right right if you sound like you have marbles or other anatomy in your mouth while mm -hmm. you're singing I don't care what your range is. I don't care what you're trying to say. I'm, I'm a lyrics guy, right? Right. If I can't understand it, what's the point? There are artists I love that aren't great singers, but the lyrics that they deliver are amazing. Right. Yeah. I, a, a lot of the metal singers from that era, especially if you get into some of the not great thrash bands or you get into some of the thrash bands that were foreign, uh, uh, Sepultura has an amazing sound. But 90% of their stuff from that era, they're screaming in Portuguese, and I have no idea what the hell they're saying. <laughs> right. It sounds cool, but it could be their grandmother's cookie recipe, right? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. 
And if, uh, I, if you care about the sound and you just want that in the background or whatever, then whatever, that's cool. But the screaming really turns me off, I guess, is not, it's just not my, my, yeah, but- like, like Rage Against the Machine, they do a good job of, you know, getting this kind of screaming points or the yelling, but also like getting the rest of the song in. Zach Delarope is a god. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Metallica and Rage Against the Machine, like I, I can handle all that. But when it's just like screaming a whole song, which not saying Pantera does that all the time, but that's just that's kind of my limit where I kind of, if I hear it, I kind of stop listening and I just change the channel. So, so, so check out Cowboys from Hell and okay. and check out Cemetery Gates. And okay, they actually go pretty deep with the lyrics, and it's and it's a great track. Um, okay. It's also seven minutes long, so don't don't get me. <laughs> Uh, which is also unheard of for well, not really, because at that time, I mean, Bohemian metal, Rhapsody, <laughs> right? Most metal, yeah, metal albums were like eight, nine tracks, because that's all they had room on the cassette for. Yeah, I said right. cassette. Kids, if you don't know what a cassette is, Google it, <laughs> uh, and realize that uh, there was nothing more heart wrenching than having it getting eaten by your tape deck. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't understand the struggle of a cassette tape or a CD getting scratched or a LimeWire download three and a half hours in the making freezing up and dying at the last second like, and if somebody made you a mixtape even if you hated that person you listen to it because you know they put in the work yeah mixtapes are yeah uh oh, such good times um okay well i'll check those out Fuck i mean I'm, I'm i'm definitely yeah we are i don't care <laughs> um, i i feel young at heart that's all that matters sure yeah <laughs> okay but i will check those out because i'm you know, I haven't listened to Pantera or really any kind of heavy, heavy metal in a long time other than, I mean, I do listen to some Metallica when it's like, when it comes up on my music, but it's not my go-to. So. Fair enough. All right. So my number four is a tie, but it's two albums of the same band. You keep cheating. Your number five was a doubleheader, and now your number four is a doubleheader. Oh, you count that as a... Okay. I, I didn't know this was a top ten. I'm kidding. Give your, give your due. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay, I consider Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 as a... It really is the same album. I guess it's not technically, so you're right there, but I lumped them together. This one, I honestly am only lumping them together because of one song. Um, and they came out a year apart. So it is Aerosmith, Get a Grip, 1993, and also their 1994 greatest hits, big ones. Okay. Get, okay. get, a, get a Grip is the main one. I mean, you know, a, they're another band coming off the 80s kind of hair band. You know, they've had... 70s. Well, yeah, that too. I mean... I mean, Dream had, On was like, what, 1976, 77? Right. I mean, they've had an epic career, but Get a Grip was their first number one album. So I think that's important. You know, the videos for... Oh, uh, vi- God, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, I know. Mm. And, and Liv Tyler. I mean, right? that, that video for Crazy, like, got me hot. <laughs> I'm right? not even into girls. Like, um, and I that's mean, Liv like- looks just like her dad, and I'm here for it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, uh... And then you've got a... What is his name? Edward, oh my God, what's his name? I used to love him back in the day. Uh, that was in the amazing video. Oh, what is his name? I'm, I'm gonna have to figure it out. But I mean, living on the edge with the motorcycle, or is that 
is living on the edge the motorcycle one or is it crying i think it's living on the edge i think so but where she's straddling him on the motorcycle while he's driving like these videos were intense and amazing and you know told stories and sort of the songs the only reason i really added the big ones was because of the song what it takes which was from like the previous album that i wasn't really like you know super into but it's also just such an epic song but oh see and i i'd have got with the big ones honestly because yeah it's a greatest hits album so of course it's all bangers but uh i felt like that was cheating that's why i didn't want to just because yeah it's got everything it's amazing well but like i don't think deuces or wild showed up anywhere else i think it was just on that one yeah and that song's amazing oh god it's so good um, and again, with what it takes, you didn't hear that on the radio, like ever, hardly, but it's such a, a it just rips at my heart. Like it's such a good song. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure my brother got that from the Columbia Music House. Another old story. <laughs> uh, it, I, I, if we didn't burn a hole in the CD from playing it too much, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Um, Big Ones is a CD that I played until it wouldn't play anymore. Like yeah. I, I had a few of those and that was one of them. Yeah, I did that with the uh, American Standard by Seven Mary Three. I, I wore that. Oh, out. yeah, that's a good one. I I think mine were like, get a or that one, big ones, and uh, very necessary by Salt and Pepper. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what else. I, I think I also did that, uh, much to my mother's chagrin, to uh, Mama said, "Knock you out" by LL Cool J. Ah, uh, yes. That was the yes. first CD I ever bought. Boy, did I pay for it several times. <laughs> oh, crisscross. That was the first CD I ever bought. Damn it, woman, I was drinking. Um, <laughs> Come on, Chris. No, Christmas. no, it's just, I, didn't, I didn't see it coming, right? I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not dogging you for it, right? It was just, and let's yes. be honest, right? The, the first CD we bought, when, when mom and dad finally bought a CD player, it was a combo of, I get to buy a CD and I get to fuck with my parents. Exactly, yes. Which is why when mama said, knock you out, right? I knew one track off that album. but <laughs> And that was it. Damn, but I was going to buy it and listen to it. Well, and yeah, and, and Jump by Crisscross, and then you get, honestly, my favorite song off that entire CD is I Missed the Bus. And, like, you didn't really hear that on the radio, but it just no. was so catchy, you know? Right. But, yeah, that was the first CD I ever owned, and I loved it. So, Aerosmith has spanned decades, obviously, but right. I feel like I feel like the 90s were their best songs. Right. So, what's your number three? Uh, my number three, I, I wanted to put this higher, but I just couldn't put it in front of uh, the, the two that, that rank in front of it. Uh, and I'm going to talk about this for a minute, is is the Black Album by Metallica. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, because, and, and for any Metallica fans listening, no, I don't consider that the best album at all by them. But just Metallica the was like the gateway drug. Or the mm-hmm. Black Album was like the gateway drug for Metallica fans, right? If if you weren't already a fan, and you heard uh, Inner, Sand Inner Sandman and yep. God, so many other tracks Unforgiven. off that album, Un- Unforgiven, uh, Sad but True, um, yeah, I can't even think. But yeah, Inner Sandman was like the if you didn't like metal, that song made you like metal. Right, right, and and. What that did for me is me talking to friends who 
Uh, oh god, nothing else matters. The other one I'm thinking of. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Although my my mother almost beat my ass for finding out there was a song on there called "The God That Failed" until I made her listen to it and let her realize that this is talking about communism, <laughs> not religion, right? But when I when I told friends that I really enjoyed that album, man, out of nowhere, uh, uh, Wendy's brother and, and then another friend of ours, Kendall, and some other friends just started giving me copies and loaning me copies of their older stuff. Oh, nice! Uh, and, and that's that's how I got into it. And that's the same reason why I didn't put Guns and Roses on the list, right? Because this was really my gateway drug into metal. This is what brought me in. Right. Uh, and and thrash metal was my was my go to for the longest time, and it's the same reason why I like power metal and, and symphonic metal now is is Metallica just brought me in, and then I, I went backwards. Right. But I think it's and, that way for a lot of people. And, and, and exactly, especially people our age, because Metallica wasn't getting that much play on the cat unless you were listening it late at night. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you had a, a, a an older brother with a creepy friend, you might have heard a track or two, <laughs> right? If you watched Headbangers Ball, which was on uh, Thursday at two a.m. or some crazy shit, right? Oh, I thought it was on Sundays. What, what, whatever it was. Either way, yeah, and it right? was late at night, yeah. Or Seventh Day on the Cat, which I think started later, right? Mm-hmm. You, you didn't hear much Metallica on the radio. I think I heard one once, right? But I, I wasn't into it, and, and then this came out, and it was huge on MTV. Yes, kids. MTV used to play music. That's why the M is in music television. Exactly. Anyway. And videos, was, yeah. Right. I mean, Inner Sandman, Wherever I May Roam, Of Wolf and Man, Sad But True, Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters, all had videos. And the Inner Sandman video is a mindfuck. Oh, God. Not as much as the Unforgiven video was, but it was, it was oh, I don't remember almost level, almost on the level of a tool mindfuck. <laughs> right. Um, and no, it's not the greatest Metallica album. And older Metallica fans, like older than me, or people that got a Metallica before I did, will tell you that this is a shit album. Oh. But it just it it brought me into the fold, right? And made me a Metallica fan. My brother was dating a girl who found out I was a Metallica fan and brought me bootlegs and limited release CDs and and versions of songs that had only gone out to like the fan club or whatever. And I went all the way down the rabbit hole, which now is easy because you've got YouTube and Spotify right. and everything else. But back then, you had to it know wasn't a guy that who easy. knew a guy. Yeah. And so this was the first time that I went down the rabbit hole. This is the first time I completely fell in love with a band. This was the first time that I went beyond what I heard on the radio. Yeah. And I went, right. I went all the way down the rabbit hole. I mean, I, I wore out cop. I mean, I think my first copy of Master of Puppets was a copy of a copy, or maybe a copy <laughs> nice. of a copy of a copy. You remember those? Yes. Uh, but I still listened to the shit out of it until I was able to buy my own copy. And that one I wore out too. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about Metallica until Inner Sandman, for sure. And um, I liked that song a lot. And then I, I would say Nothing Else Matters is probably my favorite song on that album, but yeah, I, I won't. I won't fault you for that one because it's it's that that's the first time, according to Lars, not Lars, uh, James, that he sang instead of screaming in key, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's the first real song where they they had songs previous where where they talked about important issues, right? Like Blackened from I'm going to get this wrong. I want to say Ride the Lightning. No, Injustice for All is is about you know ruining the ecology. 
but this was the first time really lyrically that the band bared their soul right um and, and i'm not sure which and of you the could feel lyrics. it absolutely it, it it's not quite acoustic but it sure as hell feels like compared to the rest of it yes it definitely right. does <laughs> and, and and i while i feel like they probably did that maybe just to get more play on mainstream radio i don't think that it was i i don't think it's a bad thing because it was a beautiful song i, I honestly think that a lot of bands put ballads a, a ballad or two on their albums uh for concert play so it gives them a chance to basically rest while still uh, doing yeah, that's set. true uh, I saw Dragon Force several years ago, and and uh, part of their set, they asked, you want a fast song or a, or a slow song? And they knew what answer they were going to take anyway. And they used that time to basically relax, catch their breath, and slow down for a few minutes. Right. Uh, so I think that's a lot of reason why bands put ballads on there. And it's also kind of shows you their range. Two. And, and, but two, you do have to, if you want to cross the boundaries of especially back then when it was like okay well you have kj 103 okay they're playing current uh, or kj maybe, was so eclectic and i loved it yeah they're playing a, a kind of a mix you have we just went from me so horny to garth exactly oh god i loved it but like the cat you're really only getting metal or metal bands right um Whereas nothing else matters was something that you would hear on KJ and the cat versus inner Sandman. You probably only heard it on the cat. Yeah, that whole yeah. album was so strong that I think nothing else matters was the second or third single released. Yeah. I don't know. It, it wasn't the first for sure. Cause that was in our Sandman, but, uh, and, and it's near the back of the album at that. So right. Right. Even if they did it for commercial success, they didn't, they didn't lead with it and they didn't, uh, put it at the front of the album. Right. And when they got the MTV Mo uh, Music Award that year for best album or best rock album or whatever it was, you know, Lars gets up on stage and says, thank you for MTV and thank you for all the fans. We can't do this without you. You know, and that was the first time Metallica A had gotten a major award and B had acknowledged the fact that, you know, they needed help to get exposure. Yeah. It's a major award. Sorry. Um. But there's all kinds of politics too, like that go into that. You know, if you, um, like for let's say Notorious B.I.G., you know, he had this whole album of just all these, you know, vulgar rap songs. And they're like, dude, if you don't have at least one song we can play on the radio, nobody's going to know who you are. Because, okay. yeah, this is before streaming. This is before where you could just discover indie people and you, then you could pass it on to everyone. Biggie's you know? ability to flow was so underrated. Uh, everything at, about Biggie is so underrated. Uh, because at, at, at that time, it was more about the beat and what kind of lyrics you could deliver. But Biggie's flow is almost timeless. And, and I'm going to go on a limb here and say it's better than Tupac's. It's better than LL's. Uh, it, it's better than Ice T's. I love you so much i know don't tell anybody i said that but oh my god uh, we're finally yeah so i live in a house divided um with tupac and biggie and my husband and i go round and round about it and i just biggie's the best and well, well, well first of all uh biggie never had to sing back up for uh the humpty hump <laughs> 
right? He was never in the worst Chevy Chase movie ever made. Hey, 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 hey. Name me a worse Chevy Chase movie than Nothing But Trouble. <sighs> we'll come back to that. Um, and, and so my my husband's Tupac gonna, is, is my Tupac husband's gonna this... hate you because he loves that movie. He loves Digital Underground. That's like one of his favorite movies. It's not one of my favorite movies, but it's uh... Tupac had this horrible dichotomy of yeah of violent boats and hose song followed by I love my mama. Right. And oh which mama God, are you talking about? Are you talking about your Black Panther mama or, or the white lady who raised you? Okay. Right. So... And I'm not saying who Tupac didn't go through some shit in his life because he sure as hell did. Right. But it's almost like he was bipolar in his writing. Yes. That whole song of that mama song about how we need to respect women and respect our moms and all this stuff. And then he's like, that's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I mean, just I, because you called her in the morning doesn't mean you respect her, okay? Exactly. I mean, and, and Tupac had some good, like, I'm not saying he was terrible, but just, I think. I think Biggie as an was artist, Biggie was better. If you look at the importance socially, we could probably have the conversation either way. Uh, but but I think as a pure rapper, as a pure artist, Biggie was just better. Yeah. And, and, and here here is the nail in the coffin on that. What picture does Luke Cage have in his office? Is it Tupac? Yeah. No, it's fucking Biggie. Exactly. Because Gone. who else would it be? Right. Okay, so that was a very long tangent about Biggie and Tupac, which we can discuss for another day, but uh, all good points. Biggie's the best. Very excellent points. If you don't agree with that, you know, it's okay to be wrong, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it's really not if you're just that horribly, obviously wrong, but (laughs) I I, I guess you're entitled to an opinion if it's something that, that has some subjectiveness to it. But uh, after a point, you just got to admit the fact that you're just fucking wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. On that note, uh, so we already talked about my number three um, because it was the same as your number five, Bush. So, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) We've got Bush. Yeah, exactly. Um, Why can't I? God, I'm such a child. Okay. So we're, we're, we're gonna, all mentally 12, right? We're going to bypass us. the bush this time. Just brush it aside? It, exactly. Keep going. Clear it out. Clear it out. Okay. Yeah, just, just keep going. Got it. Got it. Um, so you get to talk again because we're going to move okay. on to your number two. So what's your number two? Uh, so this is the other one that I thought we might intersect on. Uh, and that's Core by Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, Okay. No, but yes, very good choice. Uh, You're not going to like my last two choices. That's what you came here for. Let's be right. Well, and I I realized as we (laughs) as we were taking our our, our break there that I really hadn't mocked any of your choices. Right, you do come with with solid choices, and I was expecting it's um, all built up for the last two. Right, right. So I I now know the last two. I just don't know the order. Right. I know your last two. I don't know the order, yes. and that's what scares me. I'm um, sorry. It's quite all right, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually up, not. Right? I'm, but... I'm ready to go. Um, anyway, STP. Let's go with it. STP. Right. So, uh, man, and back to the subject of my mother losing her shit. The first time she heard "dead and bloated," uh, she about <laughs> lost her fucking mind. 
Um, nice. Yeah, because it's it's not a pleasant song. It, yeah. it, it, this to me was we're exiting grunge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Waylon, oh God, every time I think about Waylon, I get so fucking angry, so angry because the man was so talented, and and I have no other way to describe his voice except velvety. Oh yeah, right. Because core yeah. and purple. We'll, we'll skip. We'll skip. Tiny music from the Vatican gift shop for two reasons. A, <laughs> it's the dumbest name for an album ever. Right. It could have. If it's not, it's on the fucking list. It 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 be it's just a bad album. Um, but you take core and purple and four, and then you take the stuff he did with Velvet Revolver. It as a singer, the man was amazing. Yeah. Um, and I get so angry because he wasted it on on heroin and and alcohol, and ultimately ended his life. Uh due to an overdose, although apparently they're they're re-examining his autopsy on some television show, but chances really? are he overdosed, right? Um, oh, I need to know were, more about that. <laughs> I, I saw a blurb on it somewhere. If I could find it, I'll, I'll, I'll bet you on Facebook with it. Um, but the, the man threw away such beautiful, natural skill. And again, that's not one of those albums that, that speaks to you. Okay, Creep speaks to you a little bit. Right. I like that song a lot. But just the guitar work and the singing and the feel of that whole album, there was nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. Um and and I can't tell this story, I gotta get to my number one. Uh the <laughs> that album I kept on the tape deck of my mother's car as much as I could. <laughs> and she let you? <laughs> uh, it wasn't in playing right but it was in the tape deck ready to go she was listening to kcs all the time anyway but mm-hmm. uh, anytime i got to drive the car that went in pretty much all the time yeah because it was such great driving music and it was such relaxing music and, and like i said nothing else sounded like that yeah uh, to the point of when they announced that they were doing a 25th anniversary lp of core I pre-ordered it with all the stuff, the t-shirt, the stickers, the CD, the digital <laughs> nice. I didn't even I didn't even know a freaking turntable at the time, right? But I ordered it because man, it's it's yeah. core being re-released. Huh. And that album I just to look for that. Yeah, that album just talked to me, man. It it's it was amazing. I mean, I think plush is probably I mean, I know it's a you know a mainstream song, but I would say that's probably one of my favorite songs. Uh, creep no uh, plush plush oh god plush oh yes yes amazing um i mean creep's good too but plush i think was my favorite and then yeah um it it, so many people now are so angry about sex type thing being uh, being rapey and i'm like man listen to the whole thing (laughs) yeah yeah, if you want to hear it that way sure it's a little creepy if you just want to sit back and, and just let the lyrics take over and just enter that that flow state with your music where you're just Zen, man, that that whole album will take you places. Yeah, it's it's like memories in a bottle. It, I just love the shit out of that album. I think I probably liked Purple better. I mean, I liked both, but um, um Purple I, is probably the second, the best second album of all time. Um, 
because there were so many sophomore slumps, gonna, especially from our I'm going to right? debate that with you on my number two, but I agree that it's a very good one. It's a great second album, even if it's not your favorite, right? You, you got to put it on the list. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, because the sophomore albums are hard, and that one's amazing. Oh, I mean, God, yeah, that one is so good. There, there Big is Empty, so much oh my fucking God. I think Big Empty plays on The Crow like 16 times. Yeah, <laughs> and which, maybe that's why, but I love well, that song. Well, even now, if I'm driving down the road and it comes on the radio or it comes on Sirius, I quit skipping stations and I turn it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it's just a great song yeah it's so good and just it hits you right in the heart like it's just and again may have something to do with the crow because obviously they're they're intertwined but either way it's a good song and then yeah and vaseline another amazing song uh pretty penny is completely underrated um interstate love song i think oh yes (laughs) um Man, uh, Interstate Love Song is great. And then the the hidden track where they're making fun of the fact that everybody else had a hidden track. <laughs> right. Is so great. <laughs> um, and, and Waylon's straight out lounge singing on that song, right? Uh, so so Purple, you will not hear me slam Purple. Purple, purple is amazing. But Purple in context without chords, is doesn't it? really work true very true and, and i think when i showed this list to a bunch of friends of mine they got all angry and they're all younger <laughs> than me right and i'm like you don't understand you you, you were born after this stuff right mm-hmm. so so you you have the gift of of looking at this without context right mm-hmm. you don't you don't understand how this stuff came about you don't understand the feeling you just get to concentrate on the music which and i'm kind of jealous <laughs> right right but at the same time i'm kind of i'm kind of uh sad for them because they're listening to the stuff in a vacuum and a lot of a lot of music is memory of feeling right and they're uh, not they didn't go through i mean we're going through teenage bullshit right yeah we're going through the things that a lot of their songs are talking about um and and, and it's not on my list because I don't consider it that much that much rock. But um, Gin Blossoms, uh, mm-hmm. not congratulations, but I'm sorry, but the one before that, I can't think. No, um, I remember that album hit me hard at that time, right? And now it hits me way harder because of the fact that I found out that the entire album is about the the entire band trying to kick their alcohol problem, right? And, and having and having been there. Man, that album now has a whole different meaning. But if you, if you're new to the Chin Blossoms, you're like, oh man, hey Jealousy, that's a cool track. No oh, man, yeah. you don't you don't get it. Yeah, and, and that's a good yeah, that's a good one. Good. And that, that whole album, that whole album is about that. So yeah, music needs to be needs to be judged in context. Yeah, I mean, and that's why music is so versatile because it's not it's not a one size fits all. I mean. it's it's not objective i mean you're it's about not just your personal taste but also what it means to you or how it hits you at the time versus how i mean a song could mean something to you at one time and then 10 years later you're just like nah okay it's different right you know there 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 are songs from that era that i can't listen to anymore because they just take me places i don't want to go and there are Mm -hmm. songs from that era that take me places i do want to go and there are songs from that era that that through life 
mean other things now and and i want to i i i i need to have that reminder yeah Uh, and it's music's poetry yes right either the poetry works for you or it doesn't and this isn't one of these everybody gets a trophy thing right although apparently these days everybody gets a fucking recording contract (laughs) but you know you might be a robert frost person and i'm a lawrence ferlinghetti person does that mean we're wrong? Shit, no. Right. Or talks to you, or it doesn't. And and with music, you have that that double whammy of you have the actual instrumentation, you have the music, and then you have the lyrics. So you can take the right. lyrics and move it to a different style of song, and you're like, what in the actual fuck? Yeah. Or you move the lyrics to a different song, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Well, and that's why you kind of have to say there's really no such thing as bad music. Even if you think it's shit, mm. there's somebody that likes it or it wouldn't be out there because even if it's only the person that made it that likes it that means it meant something to somebody fair enough so yeah i mean i think as a general consensus there's probably some things a lot of people can agree is shit but at the same time whatever artist created it it meant something to them so that's really all that matters and, and you look at every song ever recorded and, and you have to realize that that song is most likely somebody's favorite, right, mm-hmm. wrong, or indifferent. For for some reason, that song touches on somebody's life. And, and I don't care if you're talking about "Row, Row, Row Your Boat" or "Happy Birthday" or um, "Fucking Hostile" by Pantera. Every single one mm-hmm. of those tracks is somebody's favorite, and that's okay. Well, and if somebody put it out there, I mean, do you you have to appreciate the vulnerability and the bravery that it takes to whatever you're releasing, put it out there because everybody could hate it, but it's still your form of art or expression or whatever. And I just think I think people are really harsh judges of things in general. Like, oh, for I th- sure, especially I think in it, the current yes environment of things. I think it's okay to say, yeah, God, it's okay to say, hey, I don't really like that. That's not my cup of tea. That's not my jam. I don't, it doesn't appeal to me, but to say, oh, that's just garbage is like, no, because that's somebody's work. That's somebody's heart and soul that they poured into something and just have a little empathy. Fuck. (laughs) Anyway. That's how I feel. And not to say that I'm blameless because I, I do that too. I'm like, oh my God, that was that was trash. And then I'm like, well, but to somebody it's not trash or it wouldn't be out there for us to look at. So Fair. speaking of uh, not hating on people's opinions <sighs> of stuff. <laughs> see, see now, now you're limiting me. I'm not limiting you. You're, you're trying to limit me. You're, you're going for full on music hating cancel culture. I get it. Hey, <laughs> you can say whatever you want about my choices. You're going to edit me out. Don't, just don't bash me for my choice in what I care about. Ooh, so okay. I'll you, try. You cannot like the subject, but still respect the person who likes the subject. <laughs> uh, most of the time, sure. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, so number two is a sophomore album, which is what I was going to kind of say hey speaking of amazing sophomore albums and it is (laughs) 
1995 Oasis album, What's yeah. the Story, Morning Glory. Shut up! Could I not even say it before you do that? Uh, I, I was, it was it was an autonomic response. Uh, I, I, I can't help it. It's, so it's, why, though? Why do you hate Oasis so much? I really want <sighs> They're whiny. Uh, they're a bad Beatles cover band. Uh, oh, come on. That's not fair. Uh, the the two brothers Liam and what's his nuts are pieces of Noel. shit. Yeah, the, <laughs> they're, they're pieces Pirate. of shit. Um, I, I'll give you that they're kind of they're kind of garbage. And, and all, all, all I can hear is them singing about a broke down Chevy Nova. Except, and I had a broke down Chevy Nova, right? So that's fucking insulting. It's champagne supernova, you dick. And maybe you <laughs> should listen to the song. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Uh, I, I listened to it when it was new, and it was just, I mean, it was just, uh, to, to me, it was like, guys, go get your pipe cleaned, maybe you'll be better at music. Wow. But but they're British, so it's different. Even and, British people can get their pipe cleaned. And honestly, I think they do kind of have Beatles vibes, but not in a bad way i don't know oh, like they flat out said when they, when they recorded their first album in liverpool we're the next beatles oh well, you cocky some bitches okay that's bullshit i'll give you that but i'm talking about the music like i mean i i don't know i just i feel like almost every song on that album is just beautiful and just you know the music i mean don't look back in anger is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. It's just so beautiful, and it's just such a—I don't know. Now you're making me feel sad about my my little tiny life choice, but you know what? I don't feel sad. Um, um, <laughs> okay, Wonderwall. Uh, I will kill sure there were drugs you. Involved. Of course there were. They're dr- I mean, not good drugs, right? Just mopey, I'm a whiny bitch drugs. Champagne Supernova's got to be all about drugs. But But like I said, they weren't they weren't the good things, right? They weren't whatever Scott Wayland was on. They were on like like Scotch brand drugs. They were like on best value heroin. <laughs> so Like it wasn't even marijuana, it was just marrow, whatever they were on, right? It's just Wonderwall is actually a a breakup song, kind of, or a, a a love song about an ex. It's not even about drugs. So it's about I, an ex they did drugs with. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, it's just not my cup of tea. I um, I'll give you that, but. I, I think at least don't look back in anger, even if you don't really like love it. It has a good message about just not being upset about things in the past. You know, and you know but... how we talked early on about there was that 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 swath of rock from from Richard Marks to Cannibal Corpse. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you put Richard Marks on the left and Cannibal Corpse on the right, they're like a mile and a half left of Richard Marks. <laughs> it's just not rock to me, right? It's it's ninety, it's early nineties Nickelback. Ew, and Which, okay, no, I'm not gonna hate on Nickelback, right? I, I enjoy some Nickelback, but let's be uh, honest, it's no. rock guitar with bubblegum pop lyrics. You know, we'll just agree to disagree because Wonderwall and Don't Look Back at Anger and Champagne Supernova are probably some of my favorite songs of all time, and. 
you're not going to change my mind and you don't have to agree with me. I said what I said. Killer, I, I love you anyway. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I, I respect you as a person, uh, but I'm not letting you control the radio if we take a road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't make it all Oasis. I'm not that evil. Uh, yeah, because you'd be kicked out of the first rest stop. I might even stop first. Whatever. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Yeah, I, call, I called you killer on the recording, by the way. As well. I love so, it. I love it. I heard it. Yeah. I, I, I let it pass by in case you didn't notice. You should require okay. everybody to call you that, uh, even if <laughs> they should. don't know the story. Yeah, absolutely. I told my husband earlier about it. I was like, uh, my nickname was killer because that's what I did to people in debates and because people knew not to fuck with me. Well, and as I remember, somebody pissed you off, and I looked at you and said, "Easy killer." Easy killer. <laughs> out, out of re- response, right? Because I didn't want to fucking die. It wasn't even me. You cracked up laughing, and I'm like, "Okay, it sticks." Um, I'm pretty that, sure that that person was Daniel Broda. If you're oh. ever listening, because that yeah, guy he... pissed me off every fucking day. <laughs> oh God, yeah, he kind of pissed off the fucking pope. I mean, I was an asshole, but that guy was just a yeah. dick. <laughs> I he's mean, not he's not ever listening to this so yeah he pissed me off every fucking day and that's probably who we were talking about <laughs> I, I, I don't get me wrong anybody who's listening to this that knows me or knew me from back then i was an utter piece of shit right i i was a i was a total prick and i love doing things to people just for the sake of doing things to people but that story. guy um even i didn't like him i mean I, I respected his ability to piss people off but i'm like yeah you're doing it for the sake of being an asshole at least i try to do it for a reason you know what I realized about myself, like looking back on that, is that I've I've changed a lot in a lot of ways, but at heart I'm still that innocent little girl that while I love to make my points and be right, I still like want people to like me and I still want everybody to be happy. And it's like I it's hard to reconcile trying to be right and win your argument with trying to make sure everything's copacetic, you know? Right, and and I think I think at that point you were uh, looking back, right? You were you were too much of a doormat, right? Oh yeah, and, for and, sure. And I was the exact opposite. I I was the I'm living in the I don't give a fuck what people think. I'm gonna do whatever I do, uh, to my detriment. But you right? knew then what we all know now. It just wasn't applicable back then. That's well, the and, problem. And the way the way I went about it wasn't wasn't healthy, right? I I was such an angry person. Uh, you remember Heather Hulsel from from mm-hmm. debate. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so she and I have gotten back together and, and talking lately and, and playing paintball of all things. Um, nice. and, and we're out having adult beverages one night and, and we were talking about the way we were in high school. And she's like, dude, you were so angry. You vibrated most of the time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, that is the best description ever. That is a good description, but. Because it is, it is so spot on accurate. And I'm so glad I'm not that guy anymore. And I'm still at the point that I don't really give a shit what people think about me, but I don't do it in a way that damages me or that but damages them. I will say in your defense, you, while I can't like just remember any instances either way, you must have had your endearing or caring moments or I wouldn't still be talking to you or have Fair. even been your friend back then because that's, I'm drawn to people who are, well, I take that back because I'm drawn to people who I think need fixing too, but I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's a lot of work with, with me. I don't remember feeling that way about you. 
I don't think I would have still been friends with you if I thought you were a total lost cause. So no, and, and if that I makes you taught, feel better. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and, and my father pounded into my head verbally um, that that you've got to take care of your friends, right? E- even if you don't give a shit about anybody else, you've got to take care of your friends and, and people who are willing that were willing to draw me into their circle, right? I tried to take care of it. I'm still like that to this day that, that if you yeah. accept me for, for who I am and, and you're willing to, to have my back, then you have my love, you have my respect. And I, I, I basically treat most people like family. Uh, yeah. And it, it's bitten me in the ass a few times in life, but, but overall, um, it's, it's one of those things of I, if you're one of my people, I will defend you to the end of the earth. And, and I exactly. have several relationships with other people because if you, if you motherfuck my family, you dead to me. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it was that, that even though you and I went back and forth a little bit and we're definitely snippy in, in class that, you know, you were willing to talk to me and you were willing to accept me as, as one of your own. And we had enough mutual friends that we, that we got along. And well, and uh, I liked you. I mean, right. I don't, you know, obviously, you know, snippy or whatever. I, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't have had her. Well, that's probably not true, but I did like you. <laughs> so, right. well, just, and, and it was never a toxic relationship, right? It I, was never, never a romantic relationship. It was really exactly. quickly a, 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 a friend turning into a brother or sister sort of thing. Right. That's what I was like, going to say. It's like, I felt like you were my brother. Uh, it, it got it, and that's why I hate the English language because there's there's one word for relationship and one word for love, and everybody takes it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, well, we d- we're old enough to know better. So. Well, we we are right, there's but I still hate the fact that the English language has one word for love. And that's why I said I think that back then you just you knew, like I said, what we all now our age know is that you don't have to tolerate things that don't bring you joy, but in high school that's not an acceptable way of thinking because everybody's trying to hit a status or everybody's trying to be friends with everybody or everybody has everybody's going through a thing and growing up and has an agenda and you can never just say i don't like that person i'm not going to talk to them anymore you can't do that in high school but it it was so crazy you were just wise beyond your years (laughs) but nobody heard the song my back pages Mm -mm by the birds um mm. best version to watch is from from uh bob dylan's anniversary concert from several years back okay because it's it's dylan and uh uh neil young and clapton and george harrison oh, nice. before he died uh it's an old bird song but the the chorus is i was so much older than but i'm younger than that now right man, that that one hits yeah because uh, she's what I found out at my, because I didn't go to my senior reunion because I didn't know what happened until after the fact, right? Because I, I was done with everybody. I never even went back to my diploma, for God's sake. I, I don't even Aww. have it physically to this day because I don't what? care. What? I, I don't physically Aww. have it. I don't care. Um, okay, well, that's fine then. Uh, and I sure shit didn't care then because with everything going on in my life, I'm like, I'm out of here. Fuck you people. Right. Um, but so I didn't go to the senior reunion and then I ended up being one of the main planners for the 20 year reunion uh, because of other people having, having life stuff. 
and and people that I'd done to elementary school with that I didn't talk to in junior high or high school were like, I tried to talk to you in high school. You just walked by me. I thought you were being an asshole. I'm like, no, <laughs> I was so oblivious to the fucking world that if I didn't know you or if I didn't think you wanted to talk to me, right? Because I, I I thought you were uh, in, in a social circle that wouldn't talk to me or or you know I was no longer an athlete or whatever that you wouldn't want to talk to me. So I would just keep walking. So if right. if, if I ignored you, I'm sorry. And, and I had conversations with our 20th reunion with, with people that I hadn't talked to since elementary or junior high. And it was just so surreal that so many people had really a good opinion of me from that time. And I, I didn't talk to them. Yeah. I think, I think you were kind of a lone wolf and sometimes a ticking time bomb, but I, I thought you were good people. And I think it just, it was just maybe a hard, a hard shell to crack. Whereas I was the complete opposite where I was like, my shell was broken and all my insides were bleeding out onto everybody going, love me, love me, please love me. Like, cause, cause I was new to the school in ninth grade. So, right. you know, everybody knew each other and I had come from another PC school and had all the same friends growing up, but I thought this is a new start for me. And Wait, I are still, you, are you one or two years behind me? One, I think you're 96, right? No, 95. Okay, then two. Wow, okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, it, it honestly, and I don't want to delve, delve into this conversation uh, too too far because I don't want to go there right now. But I think, um, I think the bombing brought a lot of us together in mm-hmm. ways that that are permanent. Um, having been there together that day and, yeah. and dealing with some of the same fears and having the same conversations and, and so many of us had had parents downtown that we couldn't get a hold of yep. um i should have been suspended that day because i helped two freshmen leave at lunch i went to the, <laughs> the freshman parking lot and got their car with my buddy phil uh we, we both went and bought got a, a car each and brought them to two freshmen they left the, they left the, the campus um but, but i think that whole thing just cemented that family fill and and uh uh straight lace mrs brady just really uh encouraged that right early on in the year but definitely when that hit she she encouraged it because she knew we needed each other yeah um yeah i don't want to have the rest of that conversation right now because i'm not i'm not at that point but i i think a lot of that comes from that event if you um so do you remember um beth hull absolutely yeah okay so beth and i just talked about the bombing um like a couple episodes ago we did a um to another guy in our class dustin potter he works Mm -hmm. at the memorial oh Um, wow okay so we did a we did a like a oklahoma city tribute and talked about that day and you know he he couldn't come on with us because it obviously was a busy time but he recorded some stuff but yeah it was like we got really deep into how how that day was for everybody and how just insane it was like but yeah i, mean, I, I, I would love to find the people that i was in class with that morning and, and apologize to every single one of them because my, my father raised me to be very very analytical right and, and to recognize things and to see things for what they were and as we're watching television in class and they're showing what we already knew like an hour after the explosion, when they still thought it was a, a, a gas line. Yeah. Right. I'm looking at it and, and I'm going through the things that my, that my father has taught me and without even thinking and, and not meaning to be that guy out loud, I say, this was a bomb. 
Hmm. Without even realizing that I, I don't know what anybody else's situation is right now. My first situation, my father was working downtown, and if he'd taken break on time that morning, he'd have been in the debris path. He wouldn't have been killed, but he'd have been fucked up. Right. Right. And I didn't see my father for, for more than 30 minutes a day for the next three weeks because Southwestern Bell did so much in disaster relief. And he was right. help, helping run the sites where the disaster relief guys were sleeping and getting food and such. And that's what right. Beth said too. Her dad worked for Southwestern Bell and they were doing the, they were getting out the um, blueprints for the buildings to help try to find bodies. And I'm just right, like. Right. And, and, and yeah. they hosted the, the sleeping area for so many of those rescue workers. So dad was down there supporting that. And uh, somebody called in a bomb threat to dad's building right after the Murrah <sighs> building went up. So we, we couldn't get a hold of dad for like six hours. Right. It, it, but just, just, just out of my mouth is this this excited utterance, this moment of of truth. But people weren't ready for that, and, and I feel bad to this day. I don't think you should because I don't think that now. I mean, I obviously I can't speak for anybody in that room, but I don't think that. I think the whole situation was so shocking to everyone that. I would hope and probably think that your comment didn't like leave I'm sure a it lasting impression. Then, but yeah, I'm right. with hindsight it helped. Because because yeah, that that's what we found out to be true. And you know, just like you know, I mean I remember, you know, Beth and I were in the same classroom and you know, we remember exactly where we were and you know, my mom, I thought she worked at that credit union so i remember being down in the office with all the other kids who thought they had a parent there and mm-hmm. you know and you couldn't yeah. get a call in the downtown if you oh, wanted no. to no and i remember seeing that line and, and realizing that that i should be in that line but if dad was hurt i couldn't find any information and if dad was okay he was busy right you know um and and all i wanted to do was call my brother he was at Western Oaks and that literally, I was like, I know I can't call my mom. I'm sure whatever. I just want to call my brother and tell him not to worry. And yeah, you couldn't do anything. So that's definitely a, a crazy experience. And, you know, it, it brought a lot of people together for a long time, but I also feel like, you know, you weren't, you know, you left right after that. So it, things kind of went back to, the status quo not long after that but wow now that i've gone to a a horrible horrible path yeah no i mean it's hey you know what people if you've never had to i mean i think most of us that are listening or whatever have probably experienced 9-11 but unless you lived there or you've experienced it firsthand and especially in a a small city like Oklahoma city. I mean, you just don't know. So oh, for sure. Yeah. The nine 11 experience for a New Yorker or for somebody from DC is way different than somebody from Oklahoma city. Yeah. Right. And the Murrah bombing experience is way different the other way around. Yeah. Um, it, it, it while we could say to New Yorkers, you know, I've been there. It's not really the same, right? Cause the severity wasn't the same. And right. The Murrah building wasn't a landmark, right? It's not the Twin Towers, but well, that, that it's shared experience not the makes same. human. Yeah, it's still the trauma and the, you know, I think I think 9-11 is uh, so many more people died, so much more tragic. Like, it just makes me want to vomit. Right. But I think, 
Oklahoma City is a little bit of a different beast because it was one of our own. Right. It did it. Right. And that uh, there's no there's no comparing any of these. They're all tragedies. But I think when you I for me, that was the first time I really realized that I didn't feel safe anywhere. Like I was scared to leave my house. Yeah. Yeah. So anywho. That was a long tangent, but a good one. Well, because I, I think I know what your number one is going to be, and I'm, and I'm trying to skip it. You know what? You can <laughs> fuck right off with your bullshit. I'm too cool for blah, blah, blah. Just go on with your number one, and then we'll get there. Uh, number one for me is Rage Against the Machine self-titled album. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this, this is the first time... So, uh, a little about me. I, I love politics, right? I, I love mm-hmm. the interaction of people. I, I love um, spirited, smart discussion. Well, we're uh, both debaters, so, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and here you have here you have uh, Tom Morello, who who is an amazing human being. And the more I learned about Tom, the more I listened to Tom on Sirius, the more enamored I am of this man. Right? He's I, I a fucking out- gem. I have a man crush on this dude. And his mom, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever listened to, to any of his podcasts on, on Sirius, but oh, I, 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 I want to find his mom and just hug her. Because oh. his mom is 90-something years old, still runs her own damn house, right? Was was a civil rights activist, right? Uh, uh, brought a, a, a mixed-race child into the world in fucking uh, Illinois or Ohio, I forget where, where which wasn't accepted, you know, by the way, Tom Morello is black. I didn't know this for the longest time. Hmm. Um, but Mary Morello, I, I just want to hug the woman, right? She speaks a little bit on on, on his uh, uh, on one of his shows on Sirius. And, and seriously, if I ever read this one, I'm just going to give her a big damn hug. I don't even know her. I want to give her a big hug. Uh, and I'm not a hugger. Um, so, so Tom Morello somehow took funk. He, he took mm-hmm. the parliamentary underground. He took George S. Clinton and made it right? angry. <laughs> right? He made funk angry and then you take zach della roca who who is one of the greatest rappers of all time right screaming things it it, uh, about things that that matter it it actually brings you into this place where you're angry and you're learning at the same time And, and this is what i learned really that angry music fucking relaxes me (laughs) And apparently that's not abnormal, right? That, that that's a, a lot of people have that experience. I mean, this is the angry when they're angry, it, it calms them down because it takes them to a different place. Uh, so, oh, although I, I, I to digress, I, I now love when people are like, I don't know when Rage Against the Machine got so uh, so political. Well, have you listened to their first uh, fucking album? Every have you heard their name? Song. Right, yeah. right. Maybe their cover of Ghost of Tom Joad isn't all that political, but it's still political. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I this, mean, this album almost caused my ex-wife to break up with me when we first started dating because of the, <laughs> the first lyric of one of their songs. Uh-oh, which one? Bullet Fuck you, head, I, I won't do what you tell me. No, I know. Uh, funny story about that, it. I'll get that in a second. Um, it's the one that starts off with some of those that were crosses, or forces that mm-hmm. were crosses. Well, she came from a family of cops, right? So, so saying bad things about police officers was unheard of. Oh. If you say a, thing, a bad thing about cops, you must be against all cops ever. Now, mind you, she was liberal as fuck, but don't say a bad thing about cops. Hmm. Anyway. 
it's some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses, which yeah. is fucking true. Absolutely. Right. It, it, it's it, it's not. I mean, where's the lie? It, it's not a lie. <laughs> right. Right. And it's not saying all of them. Right. right. It, it literally says some of those that work exactly. forces are the same that burn crosses. I think it's killing in the name of. It is. Yeah. That's um, my. Yeah. My fucking jam. It. There are so many hard-hitting, powerful, punch you right in the boy bits lyrics on that album. Mm-hmm. That even if you're not paying attention, you're like, "Holy shit!" So you 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 have an honors graduate from Harvard in Morello helping write the lyrics, right? And then you have Zach Della Roca who who had a, a horrible upbringing doing the rest of the lyrics, and you have this 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 angry delivery by Della Roca where you just feel every single bit of that and you realize these are your people talking about your problems mm-hmm. uh, the, the bit where he goes off about you know a, a teacher play with a lesson plan he can't recall fuck that is yeah. so present even to this day right uh, funny story about this album uh, the, the, the fuck you don't, don't do what you tell me mm-hmm. I, I waited until we were that part of the song ejected it got home popped it back in cranked the radio all the way up and turned the car off because at this time I'm sharing your car with my mother <laughs> so as she fire up the car the first thing she hears is Zach Della Roca screaming at the top of his lungs fuck you I won't do what you tell me I won't do what you tell me right um, it, 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 if anybody's wondering the machine they're reaching against is fucking all of them right politics big business vacuum cleaners fucking all the machines yeah all of it all of them um i think that what's funny is that a lot of the lyrics are still and going back to killing in the name of but they're still so relevant today absolutely it's, it's like yeah they were super political and and rightfully so and i feel like they they did way more than other bands in the 90s or other people in the 90s to be like hey not i'm i'm putting this not eloquently and i don't mean it in full but fuck the police like that's basically what they're saying without saying it they're, right. they're it, the it, next it, nwa it, it, <laughs> or, and people people hear nwa or hear cop killer by ice t and, and think that this is a violent song and I'm like, okay, congratulations. You heard the fucking chorus. Right, right. Okay, fine. My number one, which you already know. Well, so it is one album, but I also kind of lumped another in. I know I cheated again. It is Nevermind by Nirvana, 1991. And also I threw in just because of one song again. The Unplugged for MTV from 94. Fair. And the reason I threw in Unplugged is for Man Who Sold the World. That acoustic unplugged version is epic. So, why don't you tell me why you hate Nirvana? So, so let me start off with why I dislike most much. <laughs> um, it, it, it's like we all went to bed one night, right? It, it, and during that day, the, the music uh, the, the music stations, the radio stations, and, and MTV were playing uh, Pantera and, and Sepultura and Metallica and 
Megadeth and 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 fans with with talent, uh, and, and then we woke up the next day and they hit us with fucking grunge. Right, we we went from from hard hitting guitar to guys in flannel whining about their parents. What shift from from metal to grunge just came out of nowhere, right? And we were just subjected to. Uh, Nirvana and Soundgarden and and uh, those other people who sound just like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. <laughs> um, I'll give you Alice in Chains; they're not good. Uh, I, I still can't tell the two bands apart. Um, <laughs> and for fuck's sake, Pearl Jam, right? The, the, this whole I mess hate Pearl Jam of of basic guitar riffs and whiny ass lyrics. And I don't understand diction at all, singers. Right, and we were just stuck with that for for three or four years. Now, I don't hate every Nirvana track. "Come as You Are" um, is a great track because Kurt decided to sing for that entire track. Right, you know what he's saying the entire track, and I think that's like one of three. "Heart Shaped Box," I love that track. "Something in the Way," man, that is that is almost ethereal. Right, yeah. Right, I love that track, but the rest of it, um, he wasn't a great guitarist, he wasn't a great singer, his lyrics were eh, and it, it, it just that that paradigm shift of all the radio stations, even even KJ one hundred three, right, the pop station, play this shit out of freaking Nirvana. So, so, so MTV went to the all grunge all the time, right? I hate flannel. <laughs> in Screaming Trees, how the fuck did they get airtime? And, and MTV went, went that way, and the radio stations went that way, and, and any place selling music went that way. And it's like they, they completely forgot that other music existed, and that's why I hate grunge. <laughs> it it's, would be like if you're very political about it. And we got nothing but fucking show tunes for three years. Yeah, I like some show tunes, but I need some gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, the shift felt overnight. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I just, I don't know. I think you're right. Nirvana kind of brought in the whole grunge thing, but also that's what made it so epic i mean was kurt cobain a great vocalist not really but neither was anybody else in i mean you know that grunge era they weren't and even in the heavy metal they weren't known for their voices they were known for their lyrics and their musical Talent. Right, but, but but you talked about earlier how you didn't like a lot of metal because you can't understand what they're saying, and, and I'm the same way with Kurt, right? And I'm the same way with Eddie Vedder. Yeah. And when when Eddie wants to sing and wants to enunciate, you take Temple of the Dog, right? And you know exactly what Eddie's saying the whole damn time. And then you take Jeremy, and you're like, I know most of what he's saying. Yeah, that song's awful. <laughs> uh, okay, probably not the best example, but you, you know what I mean. It, it, yeah. Kurt. When he wanted to enunciate, could. But most of the time, he was a fucking mumble rapper. Yeah. Okay, maybe not that bad. Maybe that that was too far. Um, 
I mean, I get, I, I get what you're saying. I respect the hell out of Dave Grohl for, for the fact that he's a music historian, right? I, I respect the hell out of Dave Grohl. So I'm not, I'm not Dave Grohl whole... is a fucking genius. Yeah, uh, if you have not watched the Sound City documentary, you need to. Ooh, is it on a streaming service? I think it was on Apple. I don't know who else has got it. Well, I have um, Apple TV Plus. So. But I, I, I watched it in theater, the one that they showed it in theater, and I was glad. Uh, basically, it's about a, a studio that used to exist in the Valley, and they went out of business. It, it, when, you, when you go to their website and read the list of albums that, that was recorded at Sound City, you're like, oh my God, this is a who is who of 70s, 80s, and 90s music. Yeah. Like Tom Petty did three or four albums there. Right. Uh, I mean, so I think, I think that never mind just kind of wrong or right really introduced the whole grunge era and i mean smells like teen spirit is an anthem i mean it's come as you are and come as you are is great right because that, that's more of an anthem to me smells like teen spirit is is uh the fucking i mean i guess it's, uh, it's a little cliche i guess a little but <laughs> The I think it's an anthem for kids of that generation that were younger than us, like you know, early to mid teens, not like I don't know. It's and it's definitely hard to understand. I'll give you that. Like, so I see what you're saying because I I would say smells like teen spirit is a hard one to decipher for sure. I don't know. I guess it's just I guess it's just how I feel maybe personally about that time and those songs and I love Nirvana. I'll always love Kurt and I think that without Nirvana there's a lot of bands that we wouldn't have had. I mean, obviously Foo Fighters. I think there's just so many that came after them or that around the same time that they not brought into existence, but gave a, like, paved the way for. Wrong mm-hmm. or right, if you don't like them, but, you know. <laughs> I love Nirvana. Sorry, not sorry. Well, okay, so what What did we have? One? Uh, yeah, we, we had one. I was expecting two. I, I kind of expected STP to hit your list. Um, it, I, it made my long list, for sure. Okay. Um, for sure. I, I was glad that we intersected on Bush. Is that the one you were expecting? No, I was expecting uh, Guns N' Roses, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, no, it, 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 use your illusion one or two. If I were to go to, like, top 10 or top 20, that would probably go in. Uh, yeah. it, it just didn't have the same meaning for me uh, as the other five. Right. I was expecting Guns N' Roses or Aerosmith only because they are more rock versus, I mean, Bush is kind of grunge. Like, I wasn't expecting you to have any, you know, grunge-ish stuff yeah but uh, yeah they're kind of kind of grunge guitarish but the lyrics aren't grunge mm-hmm. the bass lines sure as hell aren't grunge for real um okay so I, we need to find a couple more top five lists that we can we can banter about because i have loved this this was really fun yes definitely i'm i am up for it um uh and, and send me really some because i have a whole li- michael or beth or both and just have a free-for-all yes uh, did you listen to my episode with Mike and Beth? I need to go back and listen to that one. It's it's long. That's what she said. Because it's about sex. <laughs> oh my. 
it, it's about sex and purity culture and uh, what turns you on and how to get your person in the mood and all, all the good stuff. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm old enough for that podcast. Yeah, I think you might just be. Okay. But so yes. yeah, we should, we should do this again. I, I, I have loved this uh, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to the to the finished product. Um, yes, definitely think for some other stuff for us to talk about. And then, I mean, there's always stuff to talk about. All right. Well, before we talk all, all right. goddamn night, because we will. Yes. Yes. Uh, Amanda, I love you, but I, I'm going to go to bed now because I got to get up in the morning. Yes. But, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this more later and, and figure out more times for me to come on and, and, and make fun of your choices. Yeah. 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 Whatever. All right. Well, thank you for being here. I'm super excited and um, have a great night. And to everyone else. When life gets tough, just keep sipping. Goodbye.